You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back. I'm trying to get myself put together here. <laughs> Ken Barkley, Jeremy Cotton here at You Better You Bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just constantly moving, taking phone calls and commercial breaks, and just I'm all over the place. So um, Kanisha's a blast, man. And I, I love the story about how people meet. And, and I even love like, one of my favorite things is reading in the chat because there's obviously a lot of little nuances I don't know that you guys do during the show because I'll, have, I'll right. say something. But when I looked at Kanish's, how old is Kanish? Do we know? Does anyone know? Uh, I would guess he is like a couple of years younger than I am. Okay, because I I, I, I don't know his I don't know his exact his age. I I know him, but I don't I'm, know his exact age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tyler thinks mid thirties. Okay. And I'm I'm thirty eight. Kind of what so I, I figured. Like I figured like thirty five, thirty six, maybe closer to my age, but we'll see. I'm twenty four. I'm just stressed out. I got a yeah. lot of gray. So um, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we got a lot of stuff to, to get into, but I, I do love, like, I, I feel like talking to him and hearing someone's side of it, especially a guy that's been doing this for so long, there's, for people that are willing to listen, there's so much value in it. And even, he's right, like, you guys being on that Thunder game and seeing that ahead of time, it does give you an edge. And the fact that people are on it and constantly paying attention, that's why I think, like, it's weird in the gambling world where we don't have enough of these group chats that we're all on kind of chatting about things, and when you see something to help somebody out. It doesn't mean it's always going to be a winner, but there's there's value in that, and I feel like we don't talk enough about those things. You guys clearly have it going on um, where yeah. everybody's kind of <laughs> chirping back and forth. Yeah, like you do. Yeah. Like every time I come in, you're like, I was on a group chat with this, and I'm like, where's my gambling group chat? I'm not on one yet. So Right. Well, I, it uh, is, uh, I like the group chats. I definitely like the group chats. I uh, Yeah, but I have like the, I have like a lot of the one-on-one like DM telegram kind of messages going with people too, just for, cause you don't, again, like one of the, like I'm in an NBA group chat. That's actually incredible and like really funny, but at the same time, like if you have something that's like kind of like, like sensitive, I guess would be the right word where it's like, Hey, like I, I don't want like all 31 of these people to know this thing at this same time. Like then, yeah. I, you know, like so I'll, I'll text them and be like, Hey, I need, you know, somebody gets WNBA injury information, be like, hey, like, have you heard anything about this? Like, do you have anything here? Like, I don't really want to put that out for public consumption or in even in a group chat with a lot of people. But yeah, sharing yeah, of information of is, it's just uh, the thing I like about Kanish too. Like we we do, we overlap in a bunch of areas because like a lot of the betting that we both do is information driven. Like I bet a lot of like awards and title and smaller market, like prop, but like a lot of season long stuff where information, it's like the last place that the information gets to. So the information will get to, you know, a quarterback's out for a month. That information is going to get to the side market. It, I probably got there before you even knew about it. Like it was probably already getting bad mm-hmm. before, you know, Schefter tweets it or something, but there's that ripple effects where it's like, all right, what else gets affected by that? 
you know, like Kadish and I kind of share a brain in terms of how we think about that. But one thing his answer kind of speaks to is that like there's more than one way to skin a cat with uh, with like making money betting, right? And I saw a conversation about this on on Twitter earlier today, or not even conversation, but just like a couple observations where it was like, you know, like you don't like you can either you know, kind of do what, what maybe what we're trying to do, which is more information-based. Can she even reference it? Like, if you do you make your own numbers for games? Like, do you kind of like originate your bets that way? Like, I, you know, I make a number, whether it's with a model or with whatever. Like, there's pro bettors that don't even use models, probably not very many of them. But like, um, you know, it, are you kind of creating an end-all, be-all number? Are you just betting injuries? Are you just betting like smaller markets, which you don't even really need to make a number necessarily. You just have to really follow what's going on closely. Are you betting really obscure stuff? um he referenced seven different sports that are going on right now <laughs> like there's just there's yeah. you know there's there's so many ways to it's not so many ways to win there's so many ways to try to win i guess would be the right way to put it and you don't know two people have to do the same thing and, and frequently with kanish you know he'll kind of end up being the conduit or the receptacle of all that information like he doesn't what, you think he's grinding the Peruvian soccer overnight stuff? Like, no, like there's a guy that does that and he does something else and they share. Or, you know, yeah. I bet something and I talk to somebody else who I like the the reason why we did the Thunder Rockets. Uh Tyler had it, but even if he didn't, I was told that story last night. I was upstairs eating my dinner and like I had a, a guy who bets this stuff text me, like, this is about to hit right now, bet it right now. Like, what wouldn't I do the work on that? No. But like the idea is no. like I'm gonna get that guy back later with something else. You know, like, cause we all, we're all doing work on stuff. That's kind of how this works too. Yeah. And then and maybe you'll get them back with a, a Cy Young winner, you know, and, and again, I was going to end the show yesterday. We're, we're either going to talk Cy Young or go bridge jumping with Jake since he was so excited to talk about Cy yeah. Young in Jake the American was, League and National Jake, League. Jake's dying to talk about both these markets. <laughs> these are, these are headaches, these two, but that's, that means they're really good conversation too. Yeah. You want to, you want to dive in, which, which you can pick Let's, which league we, I don't care which league we do first. Cause they're both interesting. Can I jump off a bridge instead? Um, let's go American League first. That would, I would have to host. I would have to host the show solo at that point. Actually, I would just have Jake host because it would be about baseball at that point. Uh, Alex, I'll yep. take the. If you want to throw the AL market from MGM in the in the chat, I kind of know it, but I just for their prices. Uh, yeah, this thing is crazy, and it's it. Maybe it ends up being simple, but man, it's not simple right now at all. Uh, so, Framber Valdez. Wherever you go, is the favorite. It's like around two to one. It's two to one to bet MGM because mm -hmm. Alex just put the prices in the chat. He's by any measurement, he has had the best season. I shouldn't say by any measurement, by my measurement, he has had the best season up to this point. Uh, there's no argument. The things that I think matter to voters, he has been the best. Uh, if the season ended today, he would be the only one with a resume in terms of his ranking in the league and all these key things that fits with past winners. He's the only one in the league that has a profile like that right now. Now, obviously it's July. The season hasn't come close to ending yet. We have 70 games left, but he's the only one that's like kind of in the box right now. Uh, but I, I just, I kind of find him a little uninspiring as a candidate. He, his resume is not flawless. He's barely in the box. And it's kind of like, do you want to try to beat? So first question, is there a vulnerable favorite? I think my answer to this is no, because the favorite is the guy who I also have as the favorite. So like we, with the market and I are the same. We both think he's the most likely to win. Uh, 
but like what should the exact prices be what should the prices be of the pitchers behind him that's a more nuanced discussion and there can be some bets there too um but maybe that's just the start of this conversation jeremy is like framber valdez is the favorite in the market i have him as a head right now also so it's not like this is some grand money-making opportunity at the moment at least in terms of the first position i i sort of agree with how the market has it right now Dude, all right, so let me ask a question about this in, in all seriousness. It might be a stupid question. Does being on a winning team matter? Now, it may not. We're talking about all these guys are all on winning teams, but if we had a guy that was pitching great on a bad team, does that come into how you look at it, or are you still staying with your belief in what you see with war and some of the other uh, statistics that, that matter to you? Or ma should matter to I would voters, use. I, I would view winning percentage of the team. <clears throat> excuse me. I would view winning percentage of the team a little bit like strikeouts where I think people get really twisted into a knot, like trying to figure out what things matter when they evaluate betting pitchers to win the Cy Young. And I think a lot of people end up settling on strikeouts as something that is very meaningful. And, oh my God, he's leading the league in strikeouts. Like that's a really big deal. And historically, especially if you use like strikeouts per nine as like a, a metric, um, it's just, there's nothing there. It's, there's no signal. Okay. It doesn't predict who wins ever. It never does. And so like you will have pitchers who win, who strike a lot of guys out, that'll happen. But you will also have pitchers who win frequently who do not strike a lot of guys out. And there's two, there's, those are, these are two totally viable ways to win this award. And it just, it sort of happens to just follow that if you're a good pitcher, you probably strike guys out just like it tends to follow that if you're like an ace, you win the Cy Young the likelihood you win the Cy Young and your team sucks is not very high because they probably won all of your starts. <laughs> like they probably mm -hmm. won all your, they at least won your games and baseball is such a random sport. They probably cobbled together some other ones. So like it kind of one of those things where like you see it a lot where a guy on a winning team wins. But to me, it's like that would only ever be a tiebreaker between two pitchers who had like identical resumes. And that would be something yeah. that voters would probably lean on to, to break the tie between the two. I don't consider team winning percentage, especially at this point in the season. Uh, I'm much more interested in like, is there one pitcher who can have a head and shoulders better resume than the others? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what, what I thought. Like, would it become a tiebreaker in essence if guys were really close and they go, oh, my God, we got to go with this guy. And it I could think be. that's silly because – There could yeah, be a lot of tiebreakers. It could be a more likable player too. That could be a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you see something like what Spencer Strider's doing with a strikeout percentage that's just ridiculously high, um, I think that might stand out to some some of the older voters and uh, guys that maybe don't look at the uh, the typical stuff that we're looking at nowadays. I'm just I was kind of curious about that, but you know, just looking at the market, I, I thought it was Valdez too. Um, he does strike out. Like I fall into line with guys that look at strikeouts all the time, and maybe that's because I'm more sure. like I do a ton of fantasy well, stuff. Well, DFS, it just it's strikeouts. Yeah, strikeouts it's matter. There, it's on. So. And just a point on Strider, just because you brought him up, and then and then you can definitely finish your thought. But just because, well, it's like fresh in the discussion. Um, I do think he will be an interesting case this year because I think there's a difference between like striking a lot of guys out, which several pitchers will do every year, and doing something historic and record setting. Because then those are kind of two different things. It doesn't have to be even be strikeouts. It could be anything. It, for him, it just happens to be strikeouts. Like if he sets a ton of crazy records, then that in, then that's like a selling point of him. But it doesn't. It's not because it's strikeouts. It's because it's historic. It could be anything. It could be that he won seventeen straight starts, or it could be that he didn't allow a run for forty innings, or so, whatever broke some kind of record. Yeah. So like he is. He has a little bit of. We won't do. We'll do NL in a little bit. He has a little bit of extra appeal 
because he is on an arc that's like potentially record setting in some ways with strikeouts. And so that is a little interesting for his candidacy. It's one of the reasons probably why he's so low priced, but just in general, like the strikeout per nine ranking. So we'll do AL uh, in the last almost 20 years. I think I go back about 20 on this one. Uh, the league leader in strikeouts per nine innings among starting pitchers uh, has never won in 20 years. The guy's wow. finished second has won a few times, third a few times. We've had players, we've had pitchers who have finished 11th. This is just in the AL and strikeouts per nine, like not even the whole, major, not even the whole majors. 11th, 16th, 20th. And again, like that's qualifiers too. Like there are like 25 guys who qualify at the end of the year. And it's just like not a predictive metric. Like I just, I, if you're mm -hmm. looking at it, I think you're doing it wrong. Honestly, Strider's a unique case, but in general, I think my, my point still applies. Yeah. I was going to use it um, to kind of like compare, like when Russell Westbrook was averaging a triple double, which everybody was mesmerized by that point in time. And sure. now it's like, who cares? Um, Do you think this has a chance to be happen, that? With Strider? Mm, yeah. I mean, his strikeout percentage was ridiculously high, right? Like what? The, if you want to go per nine or even just percentage per game, which it's essentially the same thing, but he's like, it was off the charts. I don't know where he's at right now, but like a lot of good players you're seeing in the 25 to 30% range. And then he was what upper thirties for a long time. Am I, am I off? Sure. Of that? Cause it's no, no, no. Yeah, I think the, you're, the numbers... I think you're, you're pretty close. Yeah. And I think the funny thing is, I mean, well, whatever we're, we're bouncing around, but it's an interesting topic with Strider. The one thing you have to remember too and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like I, you know, I kind of thought strikeouts would matter. And I'm kind of telling you, it just, it ends up being like that. It just, that's something that good pitchers do a lot. So you're going to look and see some guys who strike guys out, but like, that's not like why they won. Like they won because they were very okay. good pitchers. They won because they didn't allow a lot of runs. They won because they pitched a ton of innings. They won because, you know, like they didn't allow a lot of guys on base, right? Like all these things. So, and cool. A lot of that's going to be, you strike guys out, but it just, it doesn't have to be like, you can win without doing that. We've had a, a lot of examples of that with Strider. The, the thing that will be interesting is if you do strike a lot of guys out like that many guys, and one thing that he has kind of not going for him. And there are some pitchers in the AL where this is true. Also, uh, pitching a lot of innings, it's not predictive. Like you don't want to bet on the guy leading the league in innings, but if you are a pitcher who pitches a lot of innings, you have a tremendous advantage because that is one of the ways you can accumulate war faster than the pitchers that you're competing against. If you're a guy and again, not doing an L, but we'll rope Strider in here and we'll bring Blake Snell in big time. The thing mm -hmm. Blake Snell, the reason Blake Snell won't win this if he ends up not winning is because he goes like five innings every time. Well, he strikes out 12 guys. Doesn't matter. Hasn't mattered. Hasn't mattered. So probably won't matter this time. Yeah. And uh, and if it means he's out after five, then it's bad that he's doing that for his candidacy. It's obviously great for the team winning if you strike out a bunch of guys. But like, that's another thing too. Like strikeouts are great. If it means you're throwing a ton of pitches though, then you're probably not going deep. And like Sandy Alcantara won last year with a terrible strikeout percentage per nine, but he was going, he'd pitch a complete game every game. I mean, it was one of the best yeah, things he had going. He eight innings go seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it, so it, pretty, it just, it's one thing that he had going for him that maybe you wouldn't think about. Like his strikeout per nine in the NL was, was 14th last year. And it's like, cool. Yeah. He also pitched a billion innings. <laughs> so like that, that helped him <laughs> a lot.
Yeah, and I, I feel like we talked a ton about the NL side. With I was trying to bring that's up okay. the outlier of what a statistic, you know, if it could do anything to it, because I think that stuff's inherently interesting. Um, you know, and I was going to ask you, too, if, if, let's say, knock on wood, Valdez goes down tomorrow, is there somebody that stands out to you? Because I know you weren't big on Cole. Would it be Gossman then? So just like the way I score uh, performance up to this point, and we'll do some of this after the break, I'll just tell you who's in second. We can do the other candidates. And it's the same guy. Okay. And he, he's just, I guess he's interesting to me. So Framber is in first using my scoring system. And Nathan Eovaldi is like right behind him. And the interesting thing about Eovaldi is when they did the last Cy Young poll a month ago, he, he got like eight first place votes. So he was kind of on the mind of voters anyway. Okay, we'll continue with the NL Cy Young, a whole bunch more here. Do you better, you bet. Jeremy Kahn, Ken Barkley, right here on the BetQL Network, brought to you by BetMGM.